many coups you shit. can launch. You can all over, yeah, <laughs> all all across the world. I expected yep. not to come home to roost. Mm-mm. Nope. You know what I mean? That's a, you know, Malcolm X. Chickens have came home to roost. It's, yeah, man. Do chickens roost or do they just chicken? Because I would think roosters roost. Mm. Mm. What are the chickens? What are the chickens? I feel like you need okay. to do that in, right. in a no, Seinfeld. No, 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 no. no. We're moving so. on. We're going to move to the history <laughs> now. because we, <laughs> we can't start off a podcast worst. <laughs> well, guys, uh, uh, welcome to this episode of Hard Fried History. Uh, I'm your host, Joshua Stokes, and with your co-host. Henry Price. Uh, with our co-host Henry Price, I don't know why I said your co-host. You guys don't do a podcast; we do a podcast. That's right. And, and today is a special episode. It's really special because first time, first time ever, you're here for it. Congratulations! You know what I mean? Where are your parents at? Uh, probably inside because of coronavirus. But you're here for this. Share the link. Okay, this is a special episode today because we have. A friend of yours, a friend of mine, get up for the very funny Jake Rawls, everybody. Give it up for Jake Rawls. Hello. Nice to be here. No, if you guys don't know Jake, you might know him from the regular Dude Report, um, a podcast that has died, which I have been informed of that. Um, Jake is in a band. I can't, I can't, I fuck up the band's name every time. So you tell him what band you're in, yeah, Jake. Yeah, I play in a punk rock <laughs> band called Chemo for Emo. Um, if you like punk rock, you should check it out. If okay. you don't, then uh, don't waste your time. I mean, maybe they'll fair, get fair into enough, it. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, "Hey, they don't like history," and then we tell them to listen to our podcast, and uh-huh. then they still don't like history after. Mm-hmm. Nice, but we get that listen, and that's what it's all about. Don't sell yourself short, Jake. It's all about the numbers. Yeah. It's all about <laughs> yeah, the numbers. Yeah, unfortunately, the regular Jude Report's dead, but I think the episodes might still be online. So you know, there's episodes with both of you guys uh, separately yeah, yeah. and together. So you know, you- maybe your your listeners might want to get those. Are you drawing monetary monetary gains from that? Did you just did you just try to get some money off our podcast? Because we don't get money off this podcast, Jake. No, I'm just you know if people love you, then they, they don't they want love more us. of you. Then they'll then they'll go to <laughs> to regular dude report. They don't they don't love us. That's one thing we've known about this podcast. We got a lot of angry 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 inboxes. Oh, we got our first uh, death threat. We did. Did you not see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we finally did it. We did it, man. We I, finally I wanna, fucking did it. I want a, I want a real one though. You want a real one? I want a real one. I want. Why like do you tir- want a real I death threat? A, I, I want a tirade, just to know that we're ask really Jake, stepping ask on Jake some toes. Jake, how many death threats he's gotten? Jake, did you get any death threats? What are you doing? Zero, actually. I, I think uh, exactly. you guys. Yeah. Count oh, our man. fucking blessings. We're up there now. Joe Rogan, us, two podcasts. That's right. 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 Nobody, one after the other. Nobody can deny that. Would He's probably say, had some real crazies go after him. I would say he said real crazies on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, just immersed in insanity. Just <laughs> surround himself with the craziest people. He's probably, he's probably yeah, his, I don't even think he's like, I think he got off Twitter. <laughs> or like he's not on Twitter as much anymore because oh, people wow. just tweeting at him. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's nuts. Okay, well, we brought Jake on for a special reason um, because, you know, when we were on the regular dude report last time we were on the regular 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 dude report, he expressed a lot of interest in a particular historical figure coming on. Which we're always excited to try new things. And Jake uh, is uh, he's going to bring this historical figure to us, and we're going to really do a deep dive on him. Jake, who's the historical figure that you brought that you that you want to uh, talk about today? We're going to be talking about Ulysses S. Grant, uh, okay. leader of the Union Army and and uh, also president of the United States. Okay. He's the reason why presidents are corrupt now, I feel like. 
Nah, I don't know. I feel like Jackson's the reason presidents are corrupt now. He was just kind of... No. I just... Okay, Jay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I think Grant is actually probably one of the most, like, pure-hearted presidents no. we had, but he, yeah. he, but he was the president during the Gilded Age when everyone around him was corrupt. Yeah. I'm not saying that he was corrupt. I'm just saying people looked at him and how destitute he was in and like in later in life and the poverty that he ran across like time and time again. And they were just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna get this money. Like that's, that's what I think. (laughs) Like people were like, I just don't want to be like Grant. He, he was got president so many times throughout his life. It's, <laughs> That's it's, what I'm saying. They were just like, ah, I don't want to be like that guy. Was he, I, I was thinking like he probably would have fallen for a lot of internet scams. And was he like a, what is he a Republican president? Or like the, yeah. the new, okay, so like the old age of They It kind of inaugurates this tradition of Republicans um, putting forward like a, like a, a general, a very prominent, popular general into the presidency and then surrounding him with people who actually know better than it. And it's like, okay, you're the president, but you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You don't know how to play this game. Let's just pack your advisors with all these cronies who are really pulling your strings and you'll just be kind of, that's like, you see it with, you see it with Ike. You don't really see it with Nixon, but like Reagan was a strong man or he wasn't even like involved in the establishment. He was like a former Democrat, but you know, I just don't know how far that tradition goes back. I, I think I think the office tradition is more necessarily just like a fucking uh, like it's whenever you have the opportunity to put a fucking winning general in, you fucking do it, Doug. You like a him. winner, just a yeah. winner. You, you don't for, I mean? you don't vote for him. You don't support the troops. You don't support you don't, the vets. You're, no, fuck that. Just Nick Saban. You yeah. put you ran Nick Saban for president. Yo, he wins. Would you vote for yes. Nick Saban? No, probably not. No, I, not at all. <laughs> I feel like he is a fucking <laughs> <No>. psychopath. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? He would be a good candidate. He probably win you know, in this election. I'm not but, Henry, <laughs> you're definitely on to something about like the, you know, the military. Cause, uh, so after Lincoln's assassination, and so starting with Grant, you know, the next several presidents were all Union Republican soldiers. Like oh, wow. uh, Rutherford, Rutherford B. Hayes, um, Ben, what, Benjamin Harrison, or is it, or or whatever, or him, or it was him or his son? I don't know. There's so, Harrison, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was like four Republican presidents directly after him that were all like Union generals or commanders. So let's uh, let's kind of let's kind of start early in Ulysses S. Grant life. Uh, Ulysses S. I can't say words is what I realized doing this podcast, Jake. So, <laughs> like, so what's Ulysses S. Grant? Let's start. Let's start early yeah. in his life. Where was he born? He was born in 1822, and I actually don't have his birth city, so I kind of goofed that up. But he was born Hiram Ulysses Grant, H U G, a an acronym that would bother him his entire childhood. He was apparently teased relentlessly as a kid for having the, the initials Hug, which is, I mean. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come out with what I've what I've fucking read and what I've looked at about Ulysses S. Grant doing a little research. Um, I'm pretty sure Ulysses S. Grant was black, so I don't know about that. You don't know about that? Uh, I'm pretty sure I, he was I black. I don't know so. about that. I, we got, see, photo, we got I've photos. Fo- I've, I've, I've seen different photos. I think that's all. That's called whitewashing history. So 
right up there with uh, well, like who's that guy who claims like all the kings of England were black up until like the 18th century or something? I don't know. Like There's that. a guy on YouTube. Like there are a lot of guys on YouTube. There's a lot of guys. <laughs> Anybody on can YouTube. be black yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's black on YouTube. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, you watch the right YouTube video, you think Trump is black. Well, that's a whole that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get so, like, into like kind of this inferiority complex yeah. of having like having to prove that you're hard with everybody teasing you yeah. constantly of like, Oh, you're, you're just hug, you know, you're, you're fucking soft. And he's like, no, you're not. I'll show you. And then he goes on to become like a general, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean the, you, he could have twisted that a different way. Hug could have became huggy. Um, and then he could have maybe grown a throw out, started using huggy a bear. Yeah. Huggy bear. And then maybe pimped for a little bit yeah. in Chicago and it could have been a great time, but he went. He, you know, he went the other way and joined the army. Yeah, just like how teddy bears are named after Theodore Roosevelt, uh, huggies are named after uh, after Ulysses S. Grant. S. Grant. Yeah, a little little known fact there. There you go. That's not. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so was he was he the only fighting man in his family? Uh, no, he actually came from like a long line of, of soldiers. So his his uh, great grandfather fought in the Seven Years' War or or French and Indian War whichever name you want to give to it. And his grandfather was actually fought at Bunker Hill during the American Revolution. Right on. Isn't yeah. It, I don't, I which don't, is pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, although his dad, his dad was just like a, like a shop owner. So, so, so was Grant like an abolitionist or like, how did he, was, was, did he like believe in slavery or not believe in slavery? So his his father was actually extremely abolitionist like like pretty well known like throughout the region for being like probably one of the more prominent ones in the area okay. but he himself didn't actually really care a whole lot about it until much later in his life i, I think he was uh you know being coming from like a, a fairly like middle class privileged white background he didn't think he didn't think about it cuz he didn't have to think about it yeah and this this is probably the, the, the day where like there weren't there wasn't like a real middle class it was like 12 families like you just weren't rich. Was it like was the middle class robuster in this time? Because from my understanding, the middle class comes comes a lot later. I'm first starting like right. I, I I would say it's definitely probably much smaller than it is. Definitely definitely smaller than it is now. That's yeah. for sure. Um, it's like was your dad's an abolitionist? Just the law of children. Shouldn't you just be? the most racist person of all time and own slaves. That's just how yeah. that works, right? Well, you know, one thing to, to keep in mind is that really everyone in this period was racist. It's just to what degree you were racist. Yeah. You, you know, like, yeah. uh, we'll, yeah. we'll get into this later. In but this like, period? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you know, one of the things about a lot of abolitionists during this time period is yeah. it's not like a lot of them were, like, let's let's – Let's free them and then accept them as our equal. Yeah. A lot of them wanted a lot of prominent abolitionists wanted to end slavery and then send them back to Africa yeah. or or Cuba or somewhere that wasn't in the U.S. Yeah, or you know it's uh, and what I appreciate uh, from you, Jake, in that last paragraph that you said was you didn't say send you. <laughs> he said send them <laughs> well there was a whole bunch of like Liberian recolonization plans I think early in yeah. Lincoln's career oh, yeah. he was in favor of, of like resettlement of just mass deportation and just yeah. they can resettle Liberia and we'll, we'll, we'll even teach them how to how to grow crops or whatever in the, in the well yeah dunes. that's like liberia was was formed by the, like like freed slaves um, like a the, like a like a ticking time bomb 
Yeah. <laughs> that just set off fucking yeah. 150 years later. <laughs> yeah. Their their capital, uh, Monrovia, is named after the president, James Monroe. <laughs> They're fucking, uh, I mean, the a lot of like, the, it's literally the factions, like, when you talk about the Liberian, like, Civil War, like, the fa- one of the factions sure. is basically just the elite, which were just the, you know, the, the descendants of the old Americans. Right. Yeah, the, the, like, the ethnic yeah. group is literally called Amero-Liberian. <laughs> like, like wow. that's the official name. I, I did not know this. This is crazy. Yeah, man, you're not up to date on Liberian history. Not, you're not, not a no. citizen of the world, yeah. then. And, 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 like, and people f- that are from that ethnic group, they still have like 18th century like white names, so they're all named like Edwin and yeah. stuff like that. Like, like names you don't really see like very common these days. I mean, my 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 uh, my I know a lot of Liberians, and my like one of my friends, a good friends from high school, named Ishmael. So. That's just a, exactly yeah. I mean, right I mean, it could be a Muslim name though. That's just depending on like the pr- the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. is it Ishmael or is it Ishmael or is it just yeah? I don't know. Those are only two. <laughs> those are the only two pronunciations I fucking know. How did Grant get his start? Uh, you mean like in the military or yeah, yeah, yeah. or what? Yeah. So he joined uh, West Point. I think he was around seventeen years old, which was pretty normal at the time. Uh, one thing that I think is kind of weird is in that period in time, like, so first off, the army was super small, right? So like West Point would take in people as young as 15. Yeah. I think he joined in when he was 18 or 17 or 18, which is pretty normal for that time period. Yeah. Pretty normal now, honestly. Yeah. Um, and at that, at that time in West Point, that's when he would meet many of his future civil war, like friends and foes, really. Um, basically like West Point was small enough that if you were a West Point graduate, you were basically going to be commanding troops in the civil war. Yeah. Or, oh. or or Mexico, or depending on what period in time he went through there. So whenever he finished West Point, very shortly afterward was when the Mexican War kicks off. The Mexican-American War. A war, oh, a, a just a land grab. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. It feels like. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because if I went back and read the, the State of the Union from yeah. uh, you know, President James K. Polk during the time, and he's like Why? beating the drums for <laughs> war. Yeah. Uh, man, like ni- 19th century, like USA, like yeah. is super interesting to me. Um, yeah. Just the just whole time period. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's the time when it's literally, it's becoming the thing that it is. Yeah. Uh, before you know the you know, World War One and World War Two and all that type of shit. It was crazy yeah. when I guess our imperial ambitions were solely continental, to where I, I mean I mean you look at the nineteenth century though? and it's me. Uh, well, I mean we're gonna we're gonna cover that one a little later, but there was like yeah. okay, let's establish yeah. the empire, and then once we got to the west coast, we were like okay. Now what? Like we got to take over something, and then you get the whole like. Well, then you get the world wars, but after that, you get expansionism. But there are just roots in the 19th century, kind of starting with the Mexican-American sure. War. How, how did Grant himself feel about the Mexican-American War? Uh, he actually saw it as an audacious land grab. Um, I th- that was fairly common among a lot of people, like because well, the USA did have some justification for going to war um, because. You know, the Texas border, even though after Texas was annexed into the Union, or really even after Texas gained its independence, Texas claimed that the border was at the Rio Grande. And the Mexicans said, no, the border is at the Nueces River, which is, we're talking about a small, narrow strip of land here. But since white settlers were going below the Nueces to to the Rio Grande, uh, the Mexican uh, army would send these raiding parties and just indiscriminately kill white people that were living what they felt like was on their land. 
So that was sort of the official justification for the war. Oh man, it's 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 I don't it's it's if. But the, do you think? No, go ahead, go ahead, Henry. I, I'm, you, I'm collecting get, my thoughts get, over here. You get Polk's engineering a little bit in that too. In that, I think he ordered what was it, Taylor? Like past the Nueces into that kind of ambiguous territory. And then the, they had like a brief skirmish and that was his whole pretext. And he was like, oh, right. American blood on American soil. And he was like, but was it American soil? Because legally it was still Mexican. And so I kind of like that Grant really just saw it for what it was. And then you yeah. get like the hand of Jackson behind the whole thing to where he, he always had those ambitions, but it just wasn't really right. wasn't really time to annex Texas. So they had to kind of cool cool mm-hmm. on that one for a little bit. There's a there's an interesting little a little anecdote about about Grant for the first time meeting or seeing Robert E. Lee during the Mexican American War yeah. and Robert E. Lee not remembering it, which is like is like a lot yeah. of conversations I've had with a lot of people. Reminds yeah. me of dating. It reminds oh, me of yeah. dating, meeting a girl out and being like, yeah, no, we met, and she's like, I don't even know what your face looks like. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I'll, to his to his credit, though, like Lee was, you know, already of pretty high standing in the military, and Grant was just kind of just a, a random guy at this point. So I can kind of get that, but I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I look, I, I look, I'm always, I'm always going, I'm trying to meet the little people. Like I'm just, and by little people at my stage of career means just like I'm just shaking at homeless people's hands. You just, you just looking in the mirror, getting, getting to know them. All right, that was mean. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, uh, like that's that's been me with a lot of lot of other comics, to where it's like, hey, we met, you know, we met in Dallas, yeah. not that long ago. Never like, do oh, that. Uh, you know, good to see you again. They just have no recollection of who you are whatsoever, and you're like, hey, hey, how you doing? You know, and you you made them laugh, but they don't remember how you made them laugh because they were fucking shit faced and they shouldn't have laughed in the first place because the only thing that was driving that laugh was how drunk they were. Because okay, they didn't laugh, seems, they were going to puke. This is getting really personal. This yeah, is getting a little really bit. Personal. You know, I started down the rabbit hole, and then I was like, "Oh God, when's it going to stop?" <laughs> so, after 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 Mexico, uh, he was stationed in California, um, and he was married to um, um, he was married to his wife, uh, Julia yes, Dent. Julia was Dent, from, uh, a, a prominent slave owning family in Missouri. Correct. Uh, and so, when he was in California, uh, your boy was just. Uh, Absent from that family life. Yes, chronically depressed. Um, I believe he missed one, uh, at least one of the births of his kids. Nice. He, nice. I respect you know, that. I, he, he was definitely a, a, a romantic. Like he was legitimately sad that like he was you know a thousand miles away from his wife in California, and um, that, that's when he started his uh, legendary drinking problem. Um, you know, there's, I think there's some prior notes of him drinking alcohol beforehand, but here's where it really got out of hand and. And any claims that you ever hear about him being an alcoholic during this period, it's it's true. Um, you know, later on in his life, there would be some claims of alcoholism that weren't always true. But during this period in California, he was definitely a drunken piece of not a piece of shit, but just a drunken mess. I mean, I get it. 
I get yeah. it. I, that's the plan. Yeah. No, that's the I, I com- was about to say, I, under, I understand, you know, this that's is the it. comic plan. That's mm-hmm. how it goes. You, you start doing stand up. You're like, Oh, I'm good enough to go to Los Angeles. I need to, I need to go out to California, man. You started the West you're, coast. You're a white, you're a white guy. You're, it's not your time. It's not mm-hmm. your time in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you go out there, you start getting drunk a lot. You start yep. a podcast and maybe some of the things you say are off color because you're trying to do that real comedy and all <laughs> that, or that, that talking about the real issues and shit or, whatever that you want to talk about and then you're then you're now next thing you know you're at cpac and you're doing conservative radio that's how mm. it goes mm. that's how i'm looking th- here's to you dave rubin you know <laughs> steven I mean? crowder uh, yeah here's to you stevie a couple of guys <laughs> yeah yeah a couple of, a couple of the boys there <laughs> okay so he's like he was forced to resign from the army in 1854 for like yes. excessive drunkenness that's what that yes, was his thing that <laughs> yeah Nice. Like it's you know it's it's not one of those like if you don't leave like we're gonna fire you which it's not like the army paid a whole lot anyway but it yeah. was definitely a blow to like just your um, reputation. What okay. what was yeah. his drink of choice? A whiskey. I mean that was everyone's drink of choice at that at that period in time. Um, I mean you know wine was available so was beer but whiskey was just you know more common and well, quicker. Thing? Here's the here's the here's the thing about like when you get like when you get like to uh, kicked out of the army, what's it dishonorably discharged? That's what it's called. Yeah, when you get yeah. it's like you wipe away your army service. Even today, like I was work I used to work at Taco Bell in Missouri. Think okay. about that. Think about right. that picture in right. Missouri. And fucking our manager well he was like he was like a, he was like in the Marines and everything, did a bunch of years, but he got dishonorably discharged for like weed and then he was just managing a Taco Bell. That's what that's where that's yeah. where that gets you. Hey, at least at le- we <laughs> we know uh, you know Missouri Taco Bell support the troops. We can say no, that at least, right? No thank you for your service because you're <laughs> up to fucking stoner. That's that's basically what happened to Aaron. I think his name was Aaron. Aaron Hope you're not hooked on meth. It's Missouri, big dog. That's how it goes. One of those vacant houses in St. Louis. <laughs> it's vacant. So, so after that, uh, what Grant will spend the next seven years just like financially destitute, living yeah, with ba- in-laws. Pretty much. Yeah, he he lived with his in-laws for most of that time in, in Missouri. Um, at one point, his father even, or his, sorry, his father-in-law even gave them a slave because he felt and some land because he felt bad for them. Okay. Um, so I, this is the one period in his life where he quote unquote owned a slave. Yeah. He, so you can take take from that what you will. He's. I mean, so so basically from thirty two to thirty nine, if I'm if I'm my, my math on his like age is right, thirty two thirty nine after eighteen fifty four, he was just fucking just a, a grown man living in the basements of his relatives, relatives households. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, basically, shit. like, yeah. I mean, they were they were rich enough to give him his own piece of land and give him like, uh, a, okay. a, 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 it's a very a very small house like on the family property. Okay. You know, it's like so it's it's, it's okay. the equivalent of like like the the garage apartment. Nice. You know? Okay. Yeah. And all man. you're doing is just getting shit faced because I mean, I you, rent you, this out. You don't yep, rent this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say every little business idea he had would just fail. <laughs> So, so um the 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 so the, so that person was like he freed him after a year, right? Yeah, well, yeah, within a year. Uh there's an, a funny anecdote of um I guess he his his slave and both Ulysses and his slave way were uh, I guess tilling the same field together. Yeah. And one of his neighbors saw that and was just like ultra 
upset and pissed off. It's like, wait, why, why would you work alongside him? Like, that's not that like that's his job to work in that field that's not your job to work in that field like you're you're lowering yourself to be in the field with him well he only had one slave and so like maybe yeah. he didn't want it to take 99 <laughs> years to yeah. fucking get this shit done yeah well great I mean, point was that he wouldn't do anything that or he wouldn't ask someone to do something that he himself would not do that's and a, that's something that that would follow his that would follow him into the war as well i like i like to think of him like taking shots together just in the midst of the drunkenness to where he's like renting out his garage apartment. He doesn't he probably doesn't have any friends, I assume. He no. doesn't and he's just like, "Hey man, you want to you want to get drunk with me?" And he's like, "Sure man, let's let's do it." And they just knock <laughs> knocking him back, you know. Knocking him back. Well, it's weird that he needed depression to get drunk, and I don't need that. Mm-mm. I don't Are need that sh- at all. Uh, I just get I mean- drunk without the depression. <laughs> Shh. Sh- sh- a lot of questions right now and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, so he moves back to uh, Galena, Illinois, which is where his father ran a, a tannery. Okay. Because um, he was going to run the shop. Because I guess whenever Ulysses was a kid, his dad tried to sh- teach him how to like tan leather. But Ulysses, being a big animal lover, it just it just scared the shit out of him, and he, and he didn't like it. So um, while his brothers would do the tanning, he would run the shop. Oh, okay. Of, of the tanner, yeah. Of the tanner. Have you ever you ever uh, you, have you do you know what a tan? Do you have you ever seen the process of a tanner tanner? No. It's uh, I have no idea. I used, I used to uh, I used to wake up early before church to masturbate on Sundays, and there used to be the History nice. Channel. Used not the his yeah. You used to have like those like how things get made that that fucking series. Yeah. I did a tannery one time, uh-huh. and my that's a shit ton of work. It's so much work, so much work for something wait, that. Wait, just to be clear, you weren't you weren't jerking off to the dead animals, correct? Maybe, you would jerk off. Maybe I and was. Then watch this History Channel show. Maybe and then I was. Go to church. Maybe I was. Let's move on. Don't ask a lot of questions about me, my penis, and history. That's a different thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you kind of opened the door. You left left the door open Shh. on that one for us to Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> Let's move back to Mr. Grant. <laughs> yeah, so after uh, shortly after he moves back, that's when Fort Sumter happens, and the Civil War is about to pop off. Um so like whenever news of this happens, uh, his father's attorney, a guy named John Rollins, he kind of gathers the entire town together, gives this apparently very beautiful, very rousing speech to, con- you know, like war is about to happen. Like if you're a man of fighting age, like let's let's all sign up together. Let's go do this. Let, like let's let's go do our part and fight. Remember when people used to do that? You know what I mean, that was like a thing before. Like, I don't know when did that, that stopped like in Vietnam, right? Yeah, like well, people be like, yeah, let's war go. That people didn't believe in, and we, I guess we have shit to live for. To where it was now, it's like, well, I can continue to run my father's tannery, or I can go shoot people. No, I thought I think that dies after World War One because the World War One is known as the last war that people marched off to singing. You know what I mean, yeah, yeah. So the, fuck oh it. God, there's some dark stories with that too. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't come on here and do World War One after all the World War One. Uh, hey, we, we about. if you want to do that, I, I, dude, I, I love history of all periods. We can come back and whatever. Look, man, yeah, we, yeah, well, maybe, maybe we do that. Maybe we don't. We have to talk to Henry about how this goes. Yeah. You're auditioning for us. <laughs> You're on the audition couch. Yeah. Now, what are you gonna do? The casting couch. <laughs> 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 history casting couch. Yeah, that's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> hey, would you mind uh, would you mind turning on some some tannery videos real quick? Oh, okay, Josh, let's move on. <laughs> no, let's move on. All right. So Grant almost didn't make it into the military. Um, 
even though Union was desperate for men, especially former West Point right. graduates, uh, graduates, he was remembered. He was just remembered as a drunk, and people were like, "We know you." Yeah, because the guys that were still <laughs> in the army at this point, you know, they've been in the army now for for twenty plus years. So the guys that remembered him were are all in high positions now. Yeah. So they they, they see his name come up on like the uh, the list or whatever, and they're like, "Fuck this guy." Yeah. Um, it actually it's it took a lot of work to get him back in the military, um, which is extremely rare. Like because. Yeah. Basically, if you were in the, if you're in West Point, like you could, you would just be given a command because there was no army at this point. Yeah, like, like, it's we're talking like a small number of men, and like because because we didn't really need a military at that time. There was no wars going on. Um, the first standing you know, army, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with what kind of, what kind of, what what kind of drunk do you think Grant was? Do you think Apparently he was he was like a pretty fun drunk? I He's think so. Guy? Yeah, you if mean? you're ste- if you're like if you have a legacy of being a drunk, you're probably a loud drunk. You know, the mm-hmm. the real alcoholics are the quiet ones, the ones you'll never know, like the corporate dudes who are just like like beat their wives, but will never you'll never know. You know, but there's Why that whole like dark skeletons in the closet in the background. But like you get Grant, I, I picture like a roaring drunk. You know, like I singing. I don't. I don't know why you took us there. I don't know why you took us yeah. to like somebody getting beat in a closet. That's just a suburban home. That's just I don't know why you took us. Goes, man. I don't know why you took us there. That was a weird. I was thinking he was like the drunk. Like I had a friend in college who would just walk in and be like, he just be like, he would just, you just, he would like just in this blackout stage, and just would like hit on other guys' girlfriends and shit. And then when they would fight uh, him, he was like five mm-hmm. five. So we often had to back that up. So I'm thinking maybe he's that okay. drunk. So everybody's like, oh, he's See, annoying, dude. I don't feel like fighting a guy like Every that. Time, he wants to get hit. Yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah. He just wants to get hit like his father hit him because that's the way he that's the way he feels. That's the, that's the only thing he knows. You know, that's yeah, that's 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 what that is. He wants to feel like a child again. <laughs> that's all because that's all we all want. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so Rollins was his advocate, right? And, and, and yeah. Oh yeah, so you know after he gives that speech, so this guy John Rollins plays a very important role in his life. Uh, he was his previously he was his father's attorney. Yeah, and. So, and he knew of Grant's, like, really bad alcoholism. So, you know, Rollins ends up becoming, like, a a top officer through the course of the Civil War without firing a single shot. Like, literally, half his job is to make sure Grant doesn't get too drunk. Nice. Um, Nice. Like, I wish I could be saying I was exaggerating, but that's that's definitely what what happens. That's what I want someday. I want a handler, you know? Just somebody who's, you're so, you're so unput together, but also so important. That you need somebody hired just to be like, hey, make sure that he doesn't go off the deep end. You know, you you. I want a handler. I don't care how far I go, man. I just want. I just want a hand. I just want a friend. I just want a paid, a paid friend. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Christ, uh, if you need a pen pal, Henry's down <laughs> to exchange right. messages with you on Instagram. Um, That's right. Uh, preferably you just- if you're from Liberia, because I don't know shit about it. You know. Okay. I, well, I mean, there are a lot of African people randomly adding people on Instagram. So that is true. <laughs> um, so, so Grant first rose to national attention after the capture uh, of Fort Donaldson. Uh, once he got into the army, and he yeah, earned correct. the nickname "Unconditional Surrender Grant." Which do you remember how bad nicknames were when white people chose them? Because this is a prime example. <laughs> oh, come on. It, it, it fits. Un- U- USG. <laughs> no, I mean, but nobody uh, called him USG. I didn't. I didn't nobody I called didn't. him USG. They called him yeah. Unconditional Surrender Grant. I didn't catch that. The US Unconditional. There was like no USG. way they acronymed uh, it. 
No, that, no, was, that was that was totally on purpose. The US uh, USG. Yep. Like, <laughs> Where is so, so, Fort Donaldson? I don't. It's remember. in Kentucky. Okay. So the, the, Kentucky to be is super interesting because, and when the Civil War first like popped off. Kentucky declared itself neutral. Like they wanted to be Switzerland because yeah. they they were, they were a slave owning state, but they also had a lot of union sympathies. And so originally they said like we're just going to stay out of this. We're not like we're not going to pick a side unless we unless we are attacked. And the Confederacy that's was right. stupid yeah. enough to, to attack. attack. Yeah. <laughs> it is that's just that's just an hilarious principle. Everybody's like everybody's choosing up. What do you say, Kentucky? And Kentucky's like. I am neutral. <laughs> and it's just like fucking. You oh, can't really? be neutral. In the, what are you doing? Oh, we, oh, we can. Nobody they, they, they wanted to be Switzerland. I mean, I get it. The, Kentucky at Switzerland is has the most hilarious banks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta hide your money in Kentucky. Really? Yeah. No, they're gonna they're gonna put your money in a holler, in an old coal yeah. mine. <laughs> And as but, you walk uh, into the bank, some dude in his outhouse is just gonna be just gonna be watching. He's not in the outhouse; he's just outside of it, just watching you. Everybody's watching you as you go in and out of the bank. Just like who who is this stranger in these here parts? Every time you uh, every time you deposit, it just goes. So it was uh, during Fort Donaldson. He found himself being opposed to his old friend Simon Bolivar Buckner. He was the Confederate general on the other side that he was fighting. Um. And so what makes this battle super interesting to me is that, well, first off, not only is it where he first comes to national attention, um, whenever Buckner is ready to surrender, basically what he's first, he sends him kind of his own, um, I guess, offer of offer of surrender where he's like, Hey, like we're buddies, like we're sorry, like let us go. Like we'll go home. Like, cause early on in the war, there were, there was a sentiment that a lot of people had where if you just, if you were like surrendered in battle, like you would just go home and just say, okay, I'm not going to rejoin the army. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I, I did my, my part and that's it. Yeah. Um, and that lasted in the South until like what, like after, after like in 1863, like we were like, no, 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 you got to come back. We don't have any more people. We don't. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to do this anymore. You're going to yeah. have to do this. Well, yeah, they, well, they had serious man, manpower issues the entire war. But anyways, you know, they thought that that if, if he's, he's like, we're friends, like if I just say like, like, we'll walk away, like, we'll, we'll, like, we'll even give you like our guns and uh, just, just let us go. And then Grant's like, I no, Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it, if I let you go, you're just going to rejoin the army because yeah. that's what most people did whenever they, whenever they were given terms like that. So, so um, you know, really, you're going to, you're going to play that card. Now, yeah. like, yeah, we're buddies. It's like, and by hey, the way, man. during that seven-year period where Grant was poor, Buckner gave him a large personal loan. Grant still owed this guy money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's but the, hey, 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 that's what I'm saying. That's the kind of that's the kind of uncorrupt people we need in our government. People willing mm-hmm. to screw over mm-hmm. personal friends. That's, that's, right. how, that's I need you to fuck that's, over your that's, friend. That's my president. You know, <laughs> that's who I want. <laughs> so. From there, like the he did from the, from after Kentucky, they move on to Tennessee, um, and Shiloh commences. And uh, yeah. Shiloh is the bloodiest battle in, in American history. I thought it was. That, I thought it was Antietam. Well, no, it's not. Yeah. And, no, Antietam is, but at at that point in time, Shiloh oh, was that the point. Was, in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. Wasn't yeah. That, which, wasn't, well, which happened first, Shiloh or Antietam? Shiloh. Shiloh was pretty early. The first one too that they have like the first photographs that they're putting inside of newspapers and That's stuff. That's Antietam. I believe so. 
I thought that was Antietam. Yeah, You're, you might be right. Um, my mother, mother's side were all Texas Germans, and at the start of the Civil War, the Confederate Army rolled into these uh, German towns in Central Texas and basically took all of the, all of the fighting age men out to the, to the center of town, and at gunpoint said, "Like, join the Confederacy, or we're going to shoot you." Holy so, uh, my like six times great grandfather, who did not speak English, convenience store. <laughs> was what, no, no, he was forced into the Confederate Army, yeah. and so um, he actually fought in but fought in Vicksburg. But uh, my understanding is that like all the German troops not wanting to fucking even be there, they immediately surrendered as soon as they could. So he he was actually a POW for the rest of the war after that. And, huh. and there's only one thing worse than the Civil War, and that's Andersonville. <laughs> like, yeah. And so the important part of Shiloh is well, there's several things important about Shiloh, but. Whenever Grant saw how bloody it was, and the Confederacy still was willing to like like slug it out, like that's when he knew that like, no more half measures. Like we have to we have to declare total war, not just on the army, but we need to destroy everything in our path. We need to we need to make the citizens feel pain. That's basically what it comes down to. And this is like at, at this moment moment in history, like that's not a new or that's right, that's not a uh, common uh, viewpoint. I mean, wasn't it more of a pause on that? Because there's, I mean, you have you have kind of a a Victorian society that kind of defines itself as gentlemen. Yeah. And and there's a pause during that period of being like, yeah, we're not going to kill everybody. Whereas before that, they used to kill everybody. Yeah. And then after that, now it's just like, yeah, yeah. now we kill everybody until a little bit later. You know what well, I mean? there's, there's kind years. of like a back and forth between two, cause they had the same idea, I think in the beginning of the hundred years war to where the French were like, Hey, we need to make this as costly as possible on the enemy. So that way, like the public will pressure the higher ups and get them to stop the war, or come to yeah. a concession. But that's the same thing that, that Grant starts to believe is that we can't just limit this war to people who are fighting We've like um, we've got to get our hands dirty a little bit and start like killing yeah. civilians and stuff, or at least like, you know, there's got to be some splash on the civilians because then they're gonna pressure their elective representatives and the war might come to a a close quicker, you know? Yeah, it's something that Josh and I have talked about, kind of like off mic, is like how how limited should war be? Because like the more bloody a war, the faster it's ending but also like very theater theoretical on yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah very very yeah. very yeah. Theoretical. <laughs> very yeah. theoretical on yeah. that that's yeah i don't want to yeah oh, there's like, there's no right answer really right uh, no there's a right answer don't kill people <laughs> like, yeah, i mean yeah, yeah ultimately yeah, like, but if you if, if you had to yeah okay no okay All right. sometimes you have to right <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know where this is going you know? well, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so after the capture of vicksburg that's what really is that's that's the biggest turning point of the war that in Gettysburg happened in the same like just very short time span. Um, you know there was a plan called the Anaconda Plan uh, developed by Winfield Scott, arguably the greatest uh, general in U.S. history, um, where he wanted to create a snake that would wrap around from the Mississippi River all the way around the U.S. coastline to choke the yeah. uh, the South of supplies. And so after that, after the capture of Vicksburg, he uh, Grant is now is then named General of All armies like that's a title that ha- was not used since george washington himself wow. so it's a t- t- title that had been dormant for you know basically almost almost 100 years and then you know and it's funny because at this time there's still people in the army that were still attacking his character saying he's a drunk that he doesn't know what he's doing because it's because uh, a lot of guys that were well established you know it's if this guy's getting promoted that means i'm not getting promoted well, so then- you know th- 
but he was i mean technically he was a drunk and i mean does anybody does anybody really know what they're doing most of the time like yeah. the, like like you're just throwing shit out there and hoping yeah, it works yeah, yeah. They, uh, throwing it out there seeing if it sticks you know so there, there's two quotes from lincoln about his drinking that i th- that i think are, are worth bringing up so one was whenever his drinking was first brought up uh henry halleck he was uh this guy that would kind of be both friend and foe throughout his life he called for granite's removal and lincoln's response to him was like i can't spare this guy he fights like one of yeah. one of the problems with George, you know, George McClellan, he was the original like leader of the Union Army, right? Yeah. But he was always scared to lead men into battle. Like he really, he just kind of just sat on his ass most of the time. He was yeah. in charge of the army. But wasn't George McClellan also the fucking guy? He was also planning a run with somebody. Like he was going to be like president or vice president yeah. or something. He ran so, for president after Lincoln yeah. during Lincoln's like uh, second term. So I thought it was just like a finesse to be like. We don't really believe in this war. We don't believe we should be fighting each other. So let's yeah. kind of we'll stall for peace and kind of be like da 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 da. Yeah, and so McClellan bloody. was yeah exactly. And McClellan was called a war Democrat, where he was a Democrat, but he was still for the Union. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the other quote about Lincoln's uh, that Lincoln has about Grant's drinking, which it's it's apocryphal, may may or may not have been said. There's sources that say both. Um, whenever. Uh, this guy, you know, another union person is complaining about Grant's drinking, and Lincoln's response is, "Well, ask him what whiskey he likes. That way, I can make sure every union general has one has a barrel." Ah, uh, <laughs> nice. Okay. Like, if if this whiskey's making him fucking fight like this, I want every union general to be fucking drinking that whiskey. Because I mean, the union were they were getting their ass kicked. Yeah, it's really sad. <laughs> like it's like like they, especially somebody yeah. with an overwhelming force and overwhelming power, were just getting kind of their ass. They're just getting outmaneuvered yeah. by fucking. Yeah. A smaller force, which is which. Well, you know, there, and there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, whenever you're fighting a defensive war, you're always going to have home field advantage, and on most of the wars fought in the South, um, more generals, for uh, form, more army generals joined the Confederacy than stayed with the North. I believe it's it's like sixty forty or something like that. So they actually had more leadership, huh. um, and then also. Also, the South they were the first ones to have the repeating rifles. It wasn't like like they had they had a, a technological advantage for a, a brief period. I thought it was a I, th- I thought it was I thought it was the North that had the repeating well, the rifles. The North had like the industrial they had, advantage. They had the industrial to, to, to yeah. pump start pumping them out. As far as the yeah. weaponry is concerned, I think this the South had the the what is it? Not Winchester, does it? Winchester first. It's a Winchester repeating rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first they, one. They had the jump on it. I mean, eventually the North would get those two, but there was a, a period where they didn't. So, oh shit, man. So that's what I like. Uh, I like Lincoln's whole approach to it, to where he's he's like, hey, I don't. Yeah, he drinks a lot, but he also gets results. So, I don't give a yeah. fuck. Like, I'm not going to make this an right. issue. You're clearly just trying to to slander him for the sake of impeding right. his own advance in politics, but. He's doing the job I asked him to do, so he's my guy, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and Lincoln also recognized that he wasn't a military guy and did not want to interfere with the Army at all because whenever McClellan was in charge of the Army, like, Lincoln was was basically involved not by his own choosing. So, you know, he would have to tell McClellan, okay, I want you to, to launch an attack yeah. on this state. And, like, he's not a military guy. That's not, that's not what he knows. And so whenever Grant is in charge, he's like... I trust I trust you implicitly to do whatever you think you need to do. Like you yeah. have my blessing, take with it, run with it. Don't ask me for a damn thing. Like whatever. Like or if you need anything, let me know. But I'm not going to tell you what to do. He wasn't micromanaging like he was with yeah. McClellan. Exactly. So what, what about what about Overland and P in the Petersburg campaign? 
man, those campaigns were just a meat grinder because there was going to be no true surrender of with Lee without taking, taking out his army. And so, you know, this involved crossing the James river, which, you know, again, you're having a, whenever you're in, you're in a defensive position, like you're going to have an advantage. Um, so, you know, some of these battles are just complete meat grinders. Um, you know, the, the name of the battle is slipping my, my, my brain right now, but like there's one battle is fought in a forest and like, like the art- artillery causes a fire that breaks out in the forest and you've got like thousands of men just suffocating yeah. to death in this forest fire while they're shooting each other. I mean, it's like yeah. some of these battles, the, there's just... The Civil War battles is a whole, that's a whole different podcast. Is, is yeah. that Fredericksburg? Yeah. No, or that's Cold Harbor. Because I know the one Harbor. that you're. T- yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't. Because Frederick was in, that, was in that same era, but um, yeah, same campaign. But, but this is all like the March East, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Fredericksburg was like in '62, so this is gonna be this is gonna oh. be probably before oh, yeah, that. Right. Like, it's gonna be like before 60, that. Yeah. 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 So at this point in history is also when Grant and Sherman really start to become, like forge a new friendship. Um, they could trust each other to do what they said they were going to do. One interesting thing about the civil war is there was a lot of quote unquote political generals, guys that were given entire commands of armies and they have zero military experience, zero right to even be leading men into battle. But because they had the political pull the, that could happen. And this happened on both sides, by the way, you're talking about McClellan. Oh boy. Um, uh, well, no, uh, McClellan was, he was okay. But uh, John McClernand, he was the guy that, f- would continually fuck up his command. So uh, Vicksburg could have ended much quicker than it did if this guy didn't exist. Okay. Like he was, uh, like he was a congressman that had a lot of pull. Um, so he was basically like you had uh, Grant leading a large amount of men, Sherman leading an equally large number of men, and this guy McClernand leading a large number of men. And McClernand would lead these guys in just like suicidal charges that uh, for no like strategic value, just just stupidly. Like ridiculous assaults, um, because there's no better there's no better commercial uh, for your career than a war. <laughs> it's just it, yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic commercial. Like it's like oh yeah. man, he's in the newspapers every day. He's like leading the charges uphill. Uh, I e Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> like, yeah. like just the main war guy. Oh, yeah. you mean you mean there was there was nepotism in an ego fueled hierarchy of men. No, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry. I don't all right, believe all right, it. Wow. All right, that's all right, incredible. Yeah. You think you're better than us, but you're not. You're just <laughs> one of us, all right? So let's talk about how Grant and Sherman were like the Jordan and Pippin of the Union. Yeah. And, and I guess before we go into that, I'll also oh. say like one other thing they bonded over was that the, the press just completely destroyed them, like often with comp- just total fabrication. So um, anyone that ever wanted to not – Grant down a peg, they would say, oh, he's he's an alcoholic. They would tell a journalist that he's an alcoholic, and then they would publish a story in the New York Times, would, and they would just have this huge front page thing about how Grant's just this awful alcoholic. And with with, uh, with Sherman, they would say that he was mad, that he had gone crazy. He's like this, just this wild guy that, you know, isn't sane. It sounds like generals. I mean, I, I, like... Yeah. I've never known a general that didn't have a reputation for either hard drinking or insanity. It seems like you have to have one or the other, if not both, that they're just the, yeah. they just come with the title, you know? Other yeah, than and- Norman Schwarzkopf, which was just like, just a lot of yelling 
in rolled up sleeves. Yeah. Storm and Norman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you mentioned it, like Grant and Sherman, like the Jordan and Pippen of the Union. I mean, like that was like the one-two punch. So, so, so it's a weird thing. They like were completely different people. They had like a, a completely different background. Grant was right. faithful to his wife. Sherman was a fan of the ladies. Man. Re- really should... Really, Sherman, is he really good-looking enough to be a ladies' man? Because the boy looks wily. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a wily dude. And it's, it's, it's hilarious because, like, he did that intentionally. I think that's also where some of those those mad quotes co- come from. Because if you look at uh, Sherman's brother, John Sherman, who was a, a senator, they look exactly the same, but John is, like, well, like, put together. Like, he's got his hair, like, well done. He's always wearing, like, nice suits. So, like, like I, I think with uh, to William Tecumseh, he's... Doing that a little bit intentionally, I think. There's a, a hilarious anecdote about Sherman. So, dur- so during the U.S.-Mexican War, uh, Sherman was was going to sail with his troops to California from the East Coast. But back then, there was no Panama Canal, so he had to sh- go all the way down through South America oh, and then turn man. around. So he didn't make. He actually missed the entire Mexican War because of this. But the funny anecdote is that like he was in Brazil for like two weeks, and there's all these quotes with him just freaking out at uh, at how hot the Brazilian women were. And like how he was just ruthlessly trying to hit on all of them. I mean, look, man, like, oh, there's a war. Let's go to Brazil. That sounds like a great war. uh, Yeah, very convenient. (laughs) Very convenient excuse to be like, I'll do my part. And then it's, ah, we got shipwrecked off the coast of Brazil. I better hang out with all these, all these women. Going back, so going back to those those different backgrounds, different personality. Grant Grant spoke in simple language, while Sherman would quote uh, Shakespeare. Anybody who quotes Shakespeare is a douche. In unless you're an act, unless you act, he's quoting it in battle. Yeah, I like, act. <laughs> in battle, come on! I look here, man. I look here. I, I look. I, I, I don't. I don't look. I Henry quotes Shakespeare. I don't like it. I wish it was. Uh, I just want to know what quotes it was. Whether or not, it, if he's over here, just like bubble, bubble, boil and trouble before the march goes in. Then I'm like, all right, dude, you don't even know what the good Shakespeare is. So that is that a Shakespeare one? Yeah. Ugh. That's see? Macbeth. See why I don't like it? <laughs> see why I don't like it? All right. Uh, and then Grant came from a middle-class background, and Sherman came from a upper strata of society. Yeah, his, uh, his uh, foster dad was Thomas Ewing, a pretty prominent politician. He was he was prominent enough for Abe Lincoln to attend Sherman's wedding. Like, like that's how big. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry. Not, I'm sorry, not Lincoln. It was the God, whoever the president was at the time. I'm sorry. I'm, my mind's blanking. Buchanan. Oh, um, well, maybe. before Lincoln maybe. or... Yeah, before before yeah, Lincoln, Buchanan, yeah, 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 he he like attended his wedding, like like that's how like big that family was. Damn, he's from the Whig Party, which is my favorite party. I have no idea what they did. They just have the best name. They were like of the ye, party that the time. old. They were like I don't want. I can't even say that they were like ye old Republicans because they were more like Democrats because they were like in favor internal improvements and all like higher taxes and national banks. But if we have higher taxes, we'll be able to make canals and roads and whatever else needs to be made. And yo, how do you not, how do you know who the, who the Whig party is? But yet I asked you to name one Gucci man song and you're fucking floundered. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know who Gucci man is, man. Oh my God. All right. Grant was an observant Christian. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Sherman was atheist. Uh, or or at least as not agnostic, which is probably yeah. why his carrying of t- total war, carrying out of total war, and like in practice, was probably more. Because Grant, he does he he carries out total war. I guess he they have that idea, but but Sherman is the prototype of total war. 
Oh yeah, he would do some pretty like crazy mm-hmm. shit. So one anecdote about Sherman was that during the Vicksburg campaign, uh, there was a small village, I guess, further north of Vicksburg where the where the army was camping out, and there was a, a Confederate sniper in this village, like you know, like, taking pot shots at Union soldiers. So Sherman goes into this town, he, and he like, has the army pull out every single resident of this town, and he's like, okay, like name like name the shooter, bring them bring them to me. And of course, they they all say no, they're not going to do that. He's like, well, okay. So for every hour you don't give me this shooter, I'm going to start burning your houses down. Nice. So like, for like seven or eight hours, he just burned motherfuckers' houses to the ground. Like, like that's, that's not something that we had seen up at that point at all. Like, and eventually, after half the town is burned down, they they finally give up this guy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, ironically. Grant stayed out of politics for the majority of his life uh, until he was president. Sherman, on the other hand, was very knowledgeable about political affairs and would regularly write to his brother, uh, the senator, uh, John Sherman. Uh, or, well, at the, at the time, a member of the House, yeah. and then later, a senator, John Sherman, telling him how, to, how he should vote on all, in all, on all types of sub- subjects. But, but Sherman never became a politician. Do you think it was just because he was unidealistic or do you think, and, and Grant was idealistic that that Grant, to get into politics, you kind of gotta be, you kind of gotta believe in it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe back you, then. You have to believe in it today. or be or be really dirty. And and I think yeah. with uh, with Sherman, he knew how dirty. He already hated how dirty just army politics were, and yeah. just by with correspondence with his brother, like he he got the impression about how worse actual politics were. So like, um, because because after. You know the the Southern campaign where he you know destroys Atlanta. Like he was also mentioned as a potential presidential candidate, and he and he's the one that you know famously said like you know uh, if if elect or I I will not run if elected I will not serve. Mm. Wow. Okay, so towards the end of the war, um, and uh, and towards the end of the war, the war ends Appomattox Courthouse, um, and then there's one of the most famous photos of all time with uh, Ulysses S. Grant. And the guy who doesn't know a motherfucker, who yeah. doesn't know who I am, the guy who forgot. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so, with whenever uh, Lee was going to surrender, and, and the Southern gentleman like way of life, like he didn't want to uh, surrender, looking all haggard. So he he spent like I mean, literally several hours like getting prepped and clean, making sure his clothes were clean, like trimming his beard, combing his hair. Like he wanted to be presentable. Like he had his ceremonial sword with him, you know, just, just like trying to look at just ultra presentable, just, yeah. you know, he, he put a lot, a lot of effort into his appearance and, and yet here he is like s- surrendering to the, to Grant who looks extremely hungover. Um, <laughs> he's, t- <laughs> he's just, nice. like, he's, like, he's dirty. Like, like his like his clothes are like ragged. Like he clearly did not put like any effort into this photo. I mean, some some people say it's because he didn't know that that Lee was going to surrender that day. But hmm. I like to think he's just you know he's just he's been hammered for forty eight hours fighting this guy. <laughs> he's hung over now and he just wants this to be over with. Like, like to I, me, it's one of the funniest fucking photos. <laughs> I don't like to be woken up when I'm hungover. I don't think anybody enjoys that process, but that's probably one of the moments that it's like that you would be thankful for that. If I have to be woken up for anything, I don't want to sleep through the end of the war. They just usher him out of bed. Like, come on, Lee's surrendering. And he's like, Oh, can we do it tomorrow? And it's like, no, come on. So after that, Lincoln dies. And, uh, and so 
does Julia Grant's hatred of Mary Todd Lincoln is that what saves Grant's life? That's something one hundred percent. Yeah. So. <laughs> Because, you know, there was like a huge, it wasn't, whenever Grant, I'm sorry, whenever Lincoln was killed, it, it wasn't just him being shot that night. There was a whole conspiracy. Like the, the, the uh, Secretary of State had his throat slit. Um, uh, there was an, another yeah, guy, yeah. Another, another guy was supposed to kill um, Andrew Johnson, but he chickened out at the last moment. Like it was, it was a multi like faceted thing, right? And, okay, yeah. and Lincoln had asked Grant to attend the theater that night and, and Grant was planning on going. But uh, Mary Todd Lincoln was a complete bitch, apparently, and Julia Grant just hated this woman. She was always very mean towards her. Like she knew that Grant would probably become the next president, so she treated Julia Grant as this woman usurping her, basically. Hmm. And because of that, she she was always mean to her, and and so Julia was like, like, "We're not going. I hate this lady. Like, like we're not, we're not, we're not going to the theater." And so, and like literally, that like that saved his life. Jesus. Yeah, that's why you gotta trust your wife and who she that's hates. That's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta hate who your wife yeah. hates. If you don't, if you, you know what I mean, it, you can't. You, you always think, oh man, that should that that lady's nice. Why does my wife hate her? She knows. She has a sixth sense about these things. You know what I mean? She picks up on things that you do not. So it goes. It goes. Lincoln dies. What Andrew Johnson is his, his VP becomes president, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then after that. Grant, because Andrew Johnson was just like a colossal nightmare of a president. Yeah, he was pretty shit. Yeah. Everybody hated him. <laughs> like, yeah, he was unique in that, Grant. like, he was anti-Confederacy, but he was also still pro-slavery somehow. So, like, yeah. <laughs> like he had no fr- he had no friends. Like <laughs> One of those sick guys, you know what I mean? One of those guys just in the middle, just Kentucky. Just yep, kind of neutral. Kentucky, <laughs> yep, just yeah. sitting there like, I don't want to take a stance. So like, all right. So, so Grant's like massive popularity as a war hero, like catapults him into the presidency. Sure, he's the youngest president of all time by forty six. Yeah, that, that's since been changed. Because I think Kennedy was like like forty one, I think. But for a long time, time, he, he held like, that record. Yeah, at forty six. God. Okay. So if a, so if a president was forty six today, that guy would be born in or a woman. Or a woman, don't or get me for that. There you go. Or a woman would be born Wait, in nineteen seventy four. Yeah, right. I yep. mean, that person would be eighteen in nineteen ninety. They would probably either like NWA or Metallica, or that the waning years of Metallica. Yeah, and by nineteen ninety. So I think ninety one was her biggest record with the Black Album. So that's to yeah. so like to so like that would be the president now, just like a Metallica head. Is that what you call him, Jake? Please tell me. You have guitars in the background. I mean, a metalhead, I guess. But well, metal I mean, like head. Paul Paul Ryan. That's basically Paul Ryan, because like he's Ugh, like, okay. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I love ACDC yeah. and Metallica. Yeah, yeah. I I I I don't like Paul Paul Ryan for various reasons, but yep. but the but the reason that I most don't like him is that he's the swole. He was the swole, good looking guy in Congress. Yeah, and that was compared to everybody else. <laughs> that's just because he was just like a decent looking guy who was mildly in shape. Right. And I mean, he just like, looks look like average. He fuck. He looks like a little elf man. No, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's how Wisconsin looks. I don't yeah. think you consider hey, man, the I lived, in, I lived in Wisconsin. He is attractive for Wisconsin. All right. You got to look. Whole, mm, mm, I don't want to. Jeez. Wanna, I don't okay. <laughs> so, so was he, so was Grant a, a, a reluctant president? Like he just didn't want to be president. Like, 
If you don't want to be president, just don't yeah. be president, big dog. Exactly. I, I think that uh, initially he really hated the idea, but whenever it became like an in- inevitability, because like at the, Rep- Rep- the way they used to do things back in the day was there was no like primary season. Yeah. It was they would have the convention and they would pick the guy. Yeah. And yeah. so at the Republican convention, they all wanted to pick Grant. And he's like, well, shit, if you're going to if you're going to if you're going to do this, then I guess, I guess I'll just I'll give it my best shot. Um, and so what was interesting though, is that like everyone in Congress initially kind of didn't like him and n- not because of his war efforts, but because all of his cabinet appointments would just be like his random friends, like John Rollins, you know, who I mentioned earlier in the show, he was going to be his secretary of war and no one knew who the fuck he was. Like, it's just like, who's this random ass guy that, he's, that, that, you know, if, if you're a member of Congress, you don't know who the fuck this guy is. Um, you know, usually the cabinet was going to be for people that are well-established, um, and, and, and Rollins ended up being the pick. Of course, he would die shortly afterward of of, of the consumption. Um, which what, as, which it, what 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 is the consumption? Is that tuberculosis? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a weird thing about tuberculosis and actually like setting beauty standards in the 1800s during Victorian times. Really? Yeah, because it was like uh, uh, it was because uh, consumption or tuberculosis tuberculosis was seen as like a rich people's disease. For oh. some reason, I, for, I forgot. Oh, I forget yeah. the reason. Oh. And then it became later that it was a poor people's disease. But it was originally seen as a rich people's disease. So it was seen like like as it, like it was like a, a sign of virtue to get it. So and that like sure. the flushed lips, the pale skin, which it which is like was the style of the time. Really, it's just like a person with a mild fever all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so go back and look. Oh, yeah. just, oh my god! Look like look sick at- people. Look at Angela. Has has Angela had some work done lately? No, she just has TB. She's, she has fucking She's coronavirus. Dying a slow death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, rich people could get diseases just as easily back then. Like uh, Abe Lincoln's son died in the White House from drinking water that tap water that had typhus. Oh shit. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. It's weird that they had they had flint flint diseases back then. Yeah, you could just get that Flint water. The Flint well, water was every water. Yeah, the well, the White House. That's one of the few houses that had you know indoor plumbing. Okay. Point. Yeah. Ooh, well, okay. Well, yeah. Maybe maybe it should be outdoor. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> don't fix what isn't broken. All right. His presidency. His presidency was racked by a lot of scandals. Um, like probably most notably the Black Friday market crash of during his tenure. He would. He was easily manipulated by guys with money. Like that's that. That was a theme until death for him. I mean, that's. Uh, I believe it was two like railroad magnates. They wanted to control the price of gold, and so they basically tricked him into like having a policy that would just allow them to just make off like robbers. Um, and, and so, it, and that's just one of the scandals he had. Was that seventy three? I I think so. Yeah. Oh, that. We we didn't really mention it, but like that's what they were constructing a ri- that was like steel and shit, right? You mentioned railways. Mm-hmm. They were constructing the Northwestern Pacific Railway between St. Paul and um, Seattle, and they were like yeah. starting to build it, and it was causing all these tensions between the Lakota and like the U.S. But then they yeah. like stopped the war stopped for a little bit just because the market crashed right here. But right. I, I, I didn't make the connection until you mentioned it. Yeah, and uh, and and also during that, as you know, like there was the whole war with, with the Lakota Sioux. Yeah. And he, to his credit, he tried very hard for there to be peace, but um, the uh, the guy that was in charge of uh, the Secretary of War at this time, he really 
didn't want them to exist anymore. Which is um, a hard, hardliner. Yeah, so because you know, for a while the the army was there not to fight them, but to protect the area from white settlers t- yeah. encroaching on their land. And yeah. then he was like, "Well, if we just pull," then they discovered gold, and then they said, "Okay, well, if we yeah. pull this, pull the Fuck army this. away, the the what you know the settlers will go in, and yeah. we'll just let them let them do what they 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 want to until we have to send them back, the army back, and then you know take the area." So and also Grant got into like uh, maybe a little a little excursion south of the border. Right. Yeah, so he really pushed hard for the annexation of Santo Domingo, which is now the modern-day Dominican Republic. And he he took the, the talks far enough for the governor of Santo Domingo to agree to be annexed. Like, they had wow. written out the, the annexation treaty. Like, it was good to go. Like, it became extremely close to becoming a state. Um, but ra- the racist members of Congress did not want that to happen. Uh, they didn't like the idea of there being a non-English-speaking state and also one that wasn't predominantly occupied by white people. Um, and what's interesting, though, is that, like, a lot of the, the quote-unquote, like, abolitionists, like, they they wanted, uh, or the people that were abolitionists, but now, obviously, there's no slavery, they had the idea of sending black people to the Dominican Republic so that they could get rid of a lot of black people but still have them be U.S. citizens. So there's kind of this weird dual, like, Half the people that supported it, like, wanted to give these people American citizenship. Half of them were just racists that wanted to get rid of black people. So they were, they were both racist, but just had different desi- different reasons to be against this or for this, but yeah. still rooted in that same, like, eh, yeah, we can, we can, we can make something out of this. I mean, that would just be like, uh, I mean, it would just have been Puerto Rico, basically. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. yeah, like, never really becoming a state, just like this weird thing. That most people go like, wait, that's America? And they're like, yeah, that's America. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Most people don't know that Puerto Rico is a state. Yeah. Well, not a state, what, uh, a part of America. Territory. Yeah, the territory. Yeah. territory. Yeah. What, the, uh, can, what the Dominican Republic didn't understand is that America has options. Thank you very much. We can shop they, around. They, they could, I mean, I mean, at this time, no. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I mean, at this time, could we... Could we shop around? We were just we were trying to get Alaska. Yeah, we were trying to get Alaska yep. at this yep. time. And yeah, we we, yeah, we were shopping around. You're right, yeah, man. Yeah, we're fucking shopping around Alaska. Yeah. we uh, we bought it. the Virgin like, Islands from Den- from Denmark. I don't, I don't. Yeah, that were we just buying things to make ourselves feel better because a lot of our people had died. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just <laughs> shop therapy, man. It's yeah, just for yeah, land. Just free. That's all. Yep. That's well. All. This is not in this this period of time. But there's like the Guano Islands Act, where they just nah, just by declaration said islands. all of these islands are ours, and mm. a lot of c- countries were like, "Wait, no, they're they're that's our that's our land." The 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 Guano Islands. Uh, I read about it like when I was reading a book on Haiti, and that whole that whole thing. What is that shit used for? There's something that the guano, like the the bird poop, is used I, I, for. It's for it was in a like, like artillery. Uh, yeah. Like, shit, I think right. It, yeah, like, for explosives. Some, something like that, and so like. <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't it just in face creams? I've seen that on some some bat. hair care products or something. Some guano. Just rub you know? bat shit in your face, man. It's yeah, cool. Just get, Probably. Uh, I mean, exfoliate your pores. Explode your pores. That's what it's all about. Okay, so post pregnancy. You know, once 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 Ulysses S. Grant is out of the pregnancy. What does he? What does he do? Like, what is? So I heard he went broke. That's that's all I he, know. So about. He, he did. So, but but before he went broke, he went on this like multi-year excursion to Europe. Like he, he was so burned out by politics that he just wanted to be away from people, specifically Americans. Um, so he he did this like multi-year tour where he went to England and France and Germany, well Prussia at the time, 
Um, what, what's interesting though is that like whenever he went to Europe, like he was expecting to to not be recognized to just be this anonymous American guy, but whenever he pulls up to uh, to Liverpool, that was his first stop in Europe. There was a crowd of thousands of people waiting for him, thinking he was going to give a speech. Yeah. I mean, he's he's known. I mean, he was in all the yeah, in all the yeah. He was he was he was immensely popular in Europe. Yeah, every country he went to, like he'd basically be would be like kidnapped by the local government, and like like sit here and like you know dine with us, feast with us, examine our army. Um, Well, because yeah, I think because he's the fucking. uh, I mean, everybody kind of likes America at the time. It's kind of seen as this wild frontier place. And then he is kind of the embodiment of that young for not right. frontier mentality, but the the frontier hero of fucking the guy. Right. And he's also kind of shaggy looking. He's like, yeah, drinker. He's drunk all the time. Hard maybe, you drinking. Know what I mean? Yeah. That and what's interesting is so a lot of uh, military minded folks in Europe were keeping a close eye on this war because so at the start of this of the Civil War there were no repeating rifles. They were still using Napoleonic tactics, but then right. suddenly when you have the introduction of repeating rifles into the war. Like that—that's one of the reasons why the Civil War was so bloody because you'd have these cavalry charges yeah. where suddenly you've got, which historically would be super successful, they're now getting completely wiped out by repeating rifles. So like, if you're in the cavalry during like Shiloh, you're you're dying. Like you're not getting out of that. Is it, I mean, but were they paying attention? Because I mean, the prelude to the World War One was there. Well, sorry, because in England, in France, and in Prussia, every single time, or in all three of those countries. Uh, like the head of the military would would come and like demand that they would like he that he would personally inspect the troops, like judge their battle readiness. Um, there, like he he said no to most of these. I think the, the one difference is whenever he was in Prussia, um, Otto von Bismarck basically said, "I'm not going to let let you leave the country until you come and like examine my army," because yeah. like, this is Prussia like at, at their crazy. fucking peak, right? Yeah. Um, if, a funny anecdote about that is whenever he went to go meet with him, like. They, they expected him to show up in this grand, like, caravan with all these, like, people or whatever. And he just fucking just walked it from his hotel. So he's, like, at the front of this, like, you know, massive castle. And they're like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, I'm, I'm Ulysses S. Grant. And they're like, no, you're not. No. I mean, you're some the, guy. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, no, they had to. I felt that, I don't know how. Do you think that played with the, like, royalty? Or do you think it played more with, like, the fucking, the, like, the middle class, this new... Or rising yeah. middle class of the industrial age. Yeah, the middle class loved him for that. Uh, yeah. So, like, whenever he met with Queen Victoria, like, they, they thought that, that him and Julia were these backwoods, just, like, monsters, basically. Um, like, Qu- Queen Victoria was extremely rude to Julia the entire time. She kind of saw her as this, like, just this dumb, uncultured bitch, basically. I mean, look, Julia had a lot of issues with a lot of people. Yeah, it sounds, sounds <laughs> and, to me like Julie's the problem. Yeah, she's beefing like with everybody. Problem, I, I, I would say yeah. I would say with Mary Todd, Mary Todd was definitely the problem. Oh well, yeah, Todd, I've Mary heard, I've heard Mary Todd like, is yeah. also awful. But I yeah. Mean, yeah, if you get people who and uh, this, uh, well, I'm, I'm just more gonna describe myself than anything. Just if you get people who are always like, oh yeah, this person sucks. This person does this. This person does. It. You ever think maybe you're the problem? Like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta question yourself sometimes. I guess. Yeah. So so. He comes so, so when he comes back to the U.S., he almost thought he, he almost got a third term from uh, yeah, from, yeah, because there was at this, so again, you know, there was no primary season at this point in history, and he like I guess he had been out of the game long enough that he kind of wanted to come back in. Yeah, you know, he wa- he wanted to, to to be the the second half of Jordan's career. I guess he thought he could you know come back and and be president. 
And during the the constitutional uh, the, the, during the convention, he almost won. He very narrowly lost that because um, at this point there was still no you know rule about t- term limits or anything. Yeah. And um, he was actually very sad that that this, that this didn't happen. And then after th- and then after he didn't become president again, um, that was whenever he got lured into the Ponzi scheme that would ultimately completely wipe out the rest of his finances. Oh fuck! What was that Ponzi scheme? <laughs> Yeah, um, I can't remember this guy's name. I think his last name was Fish, but it's, I mean, it was literally a Ponzi scheme before the name was called a Ponzi scheme. I mean, he yeah. was completely built his entire family because he convinced his his sons who were adults at this point to pay to get into it. His relatives, like literally, just about everyone in his life, became completely broke because of this. And after he's broke, this is also whenever his throat cancer starts. Uh, we didn't mention, I didn't mention this earlier, but he was also a heavy smoker along with being a drinker. Didn't want to leave his wife completely destitute after he was gone because, again, he's like 62, I think, whenever he, fought, whenever he died. He was still pretty young. Um, so luckily at this point in his life, there was one guy willing to help him out, uh, Mark Twain. So oh, wow. Mark Twain helps him write his autobiography. And the Dave Chappelle that- of old, that's what I call him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that. <laughs> No, yeah, Mark Twain like thought extremely highly of Grant, and um, and so he helped him. He edited his autobiography. He would publish it. He would ensure that Julia would get all of all of the uh, royalties, uh, you know, un- until until they ran out, basically. Dope. And so he that that was how his uh, his wife Julia was able to survive until she died was through the royalties of that uh, autobiography. And so, what what year did what year did Ulysses S. Grant pass away? Eighteen eighty five. Okay. All right. Was he rich when he when like the book deal lasted and he like got to live off that for his last couple of years and then his well, I I want to I want to say when it published I mean he he had like like maybe a few months left like it ah okay yeah he he knew he had very little time left left like on this world so he would spend the literally the entire day writing otherwise he wouldn't otherwise it wouldn't wouldn't have finished like he would work like like these like twelve fourteen hour days just writing okay shit man well nice. Yeah, that's been that's been Ulysses S. Grant's life, just uh, from from uh, drunkenness to more drunkenness to yeah. poverty to, to civil war to poverty. There's a little poverty yeah. to book deals. The civil okay, well don't skip the civil war part. Right, <laughs> the civil war presidency to a book deal. Um, yeah, man, that's a. Uh, that's been our, our, our kind of deep dive on Ulysses S. Grant. Um, this is Hard Fight History. You can, fi- uh, you can find us at HF Edge Podcast on Twitter, Hard Fight History on Instagram, Hard Fight History on Facebook. Uh, Jake, what's your what's all the social media info for you? So, uh, you know, at Facebook and on Instagram, Jake Rawls. That's, Jake Rawls, that's okay. just, just how it's spelled. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not spelled like it's not spelled the other way anymore. Yeah. With all the with all the with all the E's crossed out. Know what that means? I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means either. I'm just hoping somebody else will figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my band's at Chemo for Emo. Um, yeah. We have an album. It's uh, actually came out a year ago, like two days ago. It's called The Children of Oblivion. If you're into punk rock, you should check it out. Nice, dope. Um, I've got some other stuff in, in the works, but you know, nothing worth talking about yet. So hey, it's always worth talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anytime you want to come back. Yeah, man. And thanks anything. for thanks for yep. joining us. For thanks real. for uh, thanks yep. for exper- thanks for experimenting with us. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a huge history nerd. Like, you know, every period is interesting to me, just about. So. Yeah. 
Um, Henry, what's your what's your social media? You can find me Henry E. Price. Okay, <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> just one thing. <laughs> uh, Joshua Easy. Stokes on Instagram. Joshua 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 B Stokes on Instagram. Joshua B Stokes on Twitter. Uh, Joshua Stokes on Facebook. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're we're well, this is this has been Ulysses S. Grant. I uh, want to thank Jake for coming out. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.